I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome back. You are listening to Trend Lightly. We've been doing this a minute. My name is Brian Beckner. I'm joined as always by Molly McAleer. Malls, what's up? I had a really good weekend, I think. So tell me about it. Hey, you were doing doing a pool party on Friday night. How'd that go? (laughs) I just went to my friend's my friend's apartment and we water. No. I I, but I wasn't going to. I told you that. I respect that. I don't get in the water either. I hardly ever do. Well, I normally get into the into the water and I actually wound up solving my problem on Saturday. I got a swimsuit because if you'll recall, I said on our stereo show that we do every Tuesday and Friday and the after and pre-show for for sure. I told you that I uh, didn't have a swimsuit that I like knew reliably would fit. And that frankly, I think I had tried to start storing a lot of stuff like that away last year. Like I had some sort of grand plan for like how I was going to unroll my items into my life again after the quarantine. For sure. And frankly, I just have no idea where my bathing suits are. I think they might be in a purse, in a plastic tub that's in my garage type thing. Isn't that fun though, when you forget about things you own and then all of a sudden you find a shirt hanging in your closet that's like kind of pinched between two other things on hangers so you haven't seen it in a while and you're like, oh, I remember this shirt. It's like getting a new shirt. I'm major on that. That's actually like a big family tradition. My mom would always switch out my closet 
and hers in the winter and summer. Oh, winter, and summer, like, yeah. Yeah, and it would feel like I was shopping in my own house all the time. Right, and I still I love do that. that. I'll put some stuff away. Yeah. A lot of times I'll be like, hey, where's that one shirt that I used to have? And then I'll realize that I sold it on Poshmark. And I'll be like, why did I do that? When I when it, I was just going through a phase when I was wearing different things and I'm like, oh, I don't need all these rain spooner floral shirts. I can sell them to old men on Poshmark. And then I sell them all. And then I'm like, wait, what happened to that shirt? I want to wear it today. And I realize it's gone. You're such a little Poshmark head. Yeah, yeah. I posh. I'm a posher. Well, why don't you give me your affiliate code and I'll put it in the description of the podcast. Do I I have that? I like to have, I mean, I don't know if you use Poshmark. I'm sure it says like, that's where you get affiliate codes. We all have them. Somebody did. I did. That you can sign up for. There's probably a way to get an affiliate code. I did mention, I think either on this show or my other show, Poshmark one time and somebody DM'd me a guy I know DM me and was like hey what's your Poshmark page or something like I just I felt weird about it but I had to send him my closet well that's that's a decision you have to make when you open a new online retail space is whether or not you're gonna get behind it publicly oh totally but yeah uh so I have a bathing suit now in the future I can go into the pool which is just so exciting. Exciting. Where did you get your bathing suit? Can I ask? Is that rude to ask? No, I went to TJ Maxx, baby. Oh, that's the best. Mhm. That's the yep. best. I love that. Yeah. Is it, can I, I guess mean, the can I guess the brand, brand? Yeah, I mean I don't even know if I know it. Ralph Lauren. No. No, 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 no. Does no. he make does he have a swimwear line? Probably. I mean, I feel like polo is aquatic, right? For sure. Like they have like, it's all sporty type stuff. They would have like a polo bathing suit for sure. Timeless. Timeless. Um, dude, Tigger warning. Nice. That's the name of the the show, right? Tigger warning. You guys. Um, no. So this woman, this Karen. Okay. Yes. I saw this on TikTok today and I thought it was great. And I saw I was already starting to get picked up. So this TikToker, Tizzy Busy 92 posted her nest cam footage because her neighbor came over. She had something to say about a flag on her, her lawn. She hated it. She has, she was like, I don't say, well, we'll play the clip. But she yeah. basically says, I've had my eye on your property. There's things I've chosen to ignore. But this flag, this is too far. This has, so this happens in the South and it has big, that um, woman that refused to take down her Confederate flag a few years ago in South Carolina energy. This is a conversation that has happened in every homeowners association, every neighborhood with like people who think they should have opinions, especially like anyone who feels like they're the elder statesman of the neighborhood. This conversation was probably had more in the last four years than in the history of all of America since maybe since maybe uh, World War Two. I don't think Likely. there's been a flag situation that yes. has been more constant. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the flag awareness is something we're we're very we're very clear on and and I think a lot of us agree some flags not great some flags are great some Yeah. <laughs> and whatever flag you feel that way about that's how you feel about it, right? Flags can be very polarizing. I'm conflicted here. I'm conflicted because well, should we play the video and then talk about it? 
Yeah, I'm just saying like, yeah. like, you know, flags are known to be polarizing. This is for a surprising reason. Okay, let's check it out. She's like older. I would say she's in like her maybe like late 60s. Yeah, I, uh, I, think, I think you'd be right on the money with that. Although the the Southern cigarette math can make, you know, she could be 61, but she could also be 77. Right. She does look like she cleans up nicely. Like I could see her being like a, I, I could see her being maybe respectable in some settings, but maybe not so much anymore. Yeah. Maybe like post pandy, she's not doing great. Right. I could see that. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I want to talk about this song. Tigger's flag. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, why not? Now, I thought the American flag was real nice. Uh-huh. I Surprise. don't say nothing about the shrubbery being cut. I don't say nothing about the backyard. But now, I don't like that. Okay, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Thoughts. At this point, she just said, like, Tigger. And I'm very, I I knew that it wasn't, I knew already it was referring to Winnie the Pooh because the caption said I didn't think it was anything, uh, anything like that. But it, it rolled off the tongue way too easy, easily. Well, it seems like she's placed, well, first of all, she pluralized Tigger. There's only one Tigger and we all know that. Yeah, there's, yeah. And it just okay. was like, I feel like if I were saying that the name of that Winnie the Pooh character, Tigger, I mm-hmm. would be very decisive in my pronunciation and enunciation. I would make it very clear. And she just kind of was like, well, we should also point out, out that the woman who lives in, in this home who is black. Mm. And the woman who was at oh, the I didn't door know is that. white. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you can see her hand. I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Because I, I see the person that posted it was black, but I didn't know if it was the actual person that it happened to made the yeah, TikTok. Yeah, it was her brother's flag. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently uh, her brother put it out into the air, which is a whole, I want, I would love to just explore that independently later. For sure. That There's a lot to unpack here. Okay, I'm going to play more. Okay, I didn't hang that. My brother hung that. This well, is- I know. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like I, it. And we have rules. I don't have, I don't want to have to go find out what they are, but I, I don't like that. I mean, this isn't a homeowners association, though. No, but there's rules for the community. There, there, there is called Williamsburg something, and there's rules. Okay. So, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't like it. All right. It makes it look tacky. Welcome. Makes the neighborhood look tacky. See, now there's Um, that. This actually, though, the latter, I'm like, okay, actually, I'm I'm having a turnaround on this. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. It's not the coolest. And and guys, by the way. I don't, I'm going to go ahead and say that sounded like an old town. She just said Williamsburg. Okay. Williamsburg. I'm sounding that sounds like a historical town. This definitely isn't the neighborhood in Brooklyn, Williamsburg. No. I'm guessing. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think so. No, I don't think so either. 
They don't have lawns um, like this. And no, especially God in Williamsburg. Can you imagine like going to your neighbor's house and saying, "Can you please take down that Tigger yeah. Yeah. flag?" Yeah. Like, you just don't talk to your neighbors like that. I don't think. But I um. So okay, I'm like okay. There, there is something that I can actually get behind. There, there might be something to that. Now, the way she's approaching it is wild. At the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm she conf- seems yeah. social, too social, and I feel like she is pent up, and yeah. she is at home, and she has convinced herself somehow. That Tigger, because she's probably racist, is some sort of like microaggression to her. Oh, really? Or a reference to I don't think like, it goes that deep. Trigger. No, I actually I actually like was because she sounds the way she says, I don't like it. It doesn't it, she should have just said it's tacky. Like I... this kind of like brings it, the way she's talked about it was like the thing was like cursed. I'm gonna. So you're on to something that I hadn't thought of before. But I think she connotes the Tigger flag with a certain word that the worst word you can say. And Correct. she feels like these people who happen to be black are, I don't know how to say it are somehow flexing their heritage via that flag. Or, Is that or insane like to say? maybe making a joke that she's not in on. I mean, let's be honest. These are, these kids are also much younger than her. Yeah. They yes. have a doorbell that records you. Okay. Crazy. Crazy. And then they're, she, I, I honestly felt based off of the way she came up to them and said like, you know, I didn't say anything about the shrubs you cut down. I didn't say anything about everything that goes on in the backyard. Yes. But, and, you know, and then, but she goes, I don't like that flag. And she goes, which one? The Tiggers one, she says. Yeah. Yes. So she pluralized. Yes. She pluralized yes. Tigger. Smalls. Yes. But then also the way she said it, it sounded like she was like, I've been antagonized enough. That's how I, yes, that's how I read it was like, she's like, you know what? Like I made my little list. I let this, this, and this go. There's something that she doesn't, she doesn't like them in the neighborhood. I I, I think she, you're definitely onto something there. And that, that, so there's two things that you mentioned that I think are important. She comes over, she says the Tigger's flag, right? She said, I didn't say anything about the shrubs and I'm kind of, you can kind of see the front yard. The lawn is mowed. There's some trees out there. You can kind of see the shrubs. They look fine to me. BTW, like the type of area in America where like there's not like heavy lawn maintenance going on. Like there doesn't need to do, there doesn't need to have a lot done. I don't, I don't see how I would drive by this house and think, oh, these people don't take care of their yard. It looks fine to me. But then she goes, I didn't say anything about the backyard. I see that to me had so many implications because I'm like, what is she threatening them with? Is there, is there, is there junk in the backyard? Because like, I, I don't take, I don't take to it to assume that there's like crap back there necessarily. Um, Like poor, poor. I mean, the, the bushes did lead me to believe that this could be a, some sort of statement about how they manicure their property. Sure. Cause she goes, I don't like that you cut the shrubs down, but 
the backyard, the implications of that could be so many things. Like, are you at, like, were they maybe enjoying a joint in the privacy of their backyard? Is that the problem? Are you fucking yeah. spying on them? That's the thing. The shrubs are visible from the street. You walk right. down the street, you're walking your dog. You can see the shrubs. The backyard's fucking private. That's your right. domain. You do whatever the fuck you want in your backyard. Right. Your backyard cannot be seen from the street. You don't now, get to question not, somebody's backyard. You sure don't. And it's no. not, a, as she said, not a homeowner's association. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can imagine if I had to come up with some sort of like total like, okay, I think I understand what her line of thinking was and her delivery was just awful is that this woman somehow is like a stickler for like having yeah. the outside of your home have curb appeal and yeah. be manicured in which case I can see her saying, okay, like maybe the backyard, maybe there is stuff that's unpleasant to look at. Maybe they have a corner sure. lot and there's something that's unple unpleasant to look at. Right. And an eyesore, not something illegal, but an eyesore. And you know, um, a, lo a lot of times back East, these people in these sort of rural areas, they, their properties are so big. The yards are so big that they're unfenced. Right. It's just open to the world. So maybe, maybe you got some old rusted out Cadillacs in the backyard and people don't right. like that. And, you know, um, and then the shrubs, that seems also like an aesthetic commentary. So let's yeah. say the town, yeah. which you mentioned, does sound historical in nature. Yep. In Lexington, Massachusetts, like you can't paint your houses certain colors. Like oh, yeah. there are sort of laws about, you know, you, your house can't be tacky, essentially. Yeah. And so if if she's if she's strictly commenting on the aesthetic and also that the Tigger flag is really like just... So what's up with the bro? I mean, we got to, I'm yeah. going to, I have a clip here of the flag for you. Cause I feel like there's a whole, I was, you know, the flag, I was overwhelmed and underwhelmed by it personally, uh, but I oh, want to yeah. talk about what's going on with the brother. Is the brother, you know, uh, special. no, he's special. He's special. When she said, that's not my flag. My, that's my, my brother put that flag up that the implication is. That there's that that's the kind of thing that would make her brother happy to put up a Tigger flag. He's either a child and she should know or he's that. special or he's special. And so when she says it, she goes, hey, that's not my flag. Well, everything that happens in the house is everybody's domain. It's it belongs to the house. It doesn't belong to the person that answered the door. So when she goes, oh, that's not my flag. That's my brother's. That's that's understood in the neighborhood that the brother is either a child or he's a special person that should be allowed to have his fucking flag up. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Right? I agree. I agree. It seems like it's like a you fucking bitch, you know, mm -hmm. like all I, all I need to tell you is that yeah, it's my brother's it's my flag and we're going to and you'll move on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Totally. So let's uh, let's peep the flag. OK. So this was the offensive flag. Yes, it is Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. It's hideous. TikTok banned my entire account last night for posting that video. I appealed it and they put Why? it back up, but apparently y'all getting mad. <laughs> so this was the offensive okay. flag. Yes. Okay. I, so I was picturing it being like flag material in the shape of Tigger's body and have it have him like hanging by his paws. From the, oh, that's from, like such a that's such like a an artful 
and generous interpretation of what this right, flag could have been, I, Brian. <laughs> yes, but I feel like I've seen something like that before. Like I feel right, like I know these flags. Yes, yeah. yeah, I feel like I've seen that before. So when I was picturing that, I'm like, yeah, that is hideous. Now this one also ugly, but not so offensive. No, so it's like it looks new. It's not like tattered yes, or gross yeah. or anything. Yeah. What it definitely looks like is off market. This looks like this came from oh, yeah. Etsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, sure. it, not licensed. Is, yeah, it's not licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an electric blue with like a medium sized, you know, Tigger right in the middle. And I think he's got some butterflies around him or something because he's a yeah. silly guy. Flowers. You know? He's picking flowers. Yeah. And so, um, that's that's the flag. And that is, by the way, I mean, that's the only explanation. You're dead on. That's what I assumed about the brother as well, was that this is a yeah. young brother or this is a brother that, you know, is, is special needs or something. Look, um, look, and I'm Malls. saying that I don't even think I'm supposed to say that neuroatypical. I don't know. But Sh- yes, uh, no, yeah. that is that uh, you actually corrected the terminology. What I said is not proper. And I apologize. This is I don't know if somebody said this. Yes, yet. But I'm going to say it right now. This is racism. This one, this is a, a woman pestering a black family for an innocuous item in their yard. The only other, the only other explanation is dementia. The the, the neighbor right. lady is a little off. She's kind of. She's gone. I don't think we use the term senile anymore, but she's kind of, she's not a hundred percent there anymore. And so she's fixated on this flag thing, but I still think it comes back to them being the black family in the neighborhood. I'm sorry. Hey, that's, that's oh, my well, read. Okay, on it. Listen, that's my so read. I'm open to the idea that she maybe is generally a little bit of a cop, but I definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, I told you, I, I definitely think she seemed paranoid yep. and she seemed like she's ha- like, she's been antagonized yep. enough and she's going to say it nicely. And then and next she- she's going to escalate it to the town. And, and, um, she, there was another post that followed, um, where Tizzy Busy 92 shared that she was on the news because of this clip and mentioned that the neighbor, um, her, I guess she had a granddaughter or something who told her that like, you know, grandma, you're going viral. And she did a drive by apology. And apparently she literally just yelled, I'm sorry about the flag. But she's not, she was driving by. The thing is she had a list of grievances, the shrubs, the backyard. I didn't say anything as the, as if she had the right to say something about those other issues. She no, said, but I, like, I, I, think I held my tongue. Probably. I think her granddaughter was probably like, Nana, yeah, this is bad. You know, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh is not like a black Panther symbol. And this is not like a political movement. This is like yes. a child possibly with autism who put a flag out in the, on the lawn. That's, you know, that's lawn, my only you know? read on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, um, moving on. Yeah. You know, just, I think completely appropriately, uh, weird turn ons. This was a little listicle, 15 weird things. There was a, this is a, this is a double, this is a double trending because this went first wide on Reddit as a ask Reddit question. uh, What is the weirdest thing you find extremely attractive? And then now has been recycled into a BuzzFeed post. So this is some of the best 
ones, but only the best ones that could be on BuzzFeed. This is, this could make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I think we should go for it. I do like that the subhead is a quote that says, if they cook me garlic bread, we will be cuddling. Like, Mm -hmm. who's turned on by, like, garlic bread, delicious. But then I'm a little concerned about my, my breath. I feel like my breath could be a little rank after eating too much garlic, too garlicky. So I feel I'm, like this I'd is be, like a, a misread on the zeitgeist, honestly. This feels like something that would have been like a Tumblr quote. The fact yeah. that they, out of all yes. of the things that they could use as a pull quote in this article, the fact that they used that is like, dude, this is like 2014. You think yeah. people are, are out here jerking off to garlic bread still? You Kinda think weird. that's the universal no. experience? That was like 2004. No, everyone's at home jerking off to anime. Like, yeah. we've got to get into Tentacle like some- porn. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay, so number one, colorful socks. I don't know, man. When I see a girl wearing some super wacky colorful socks- especially if they're mismatched. I have to go climb a fucking wall to hide the absolute dildo shamer that bulges up in my pants. Oh, damn. Wow. A DS. Yeah, a dildo shamer. Wow. I mean, user pepper spray 213, a poet. Yeah, and also he's like flexing. He's like, hey, I'm put together down here. You know, like what's like... That's his whole thing. He he wanted to tell you what he had working for him, and he just used the colorful socks as a way to wedge that in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, so I'm going to scroll ahead a little bit, because okay. coincidentally, uh, Somner Lumix and I could have been, could be a love match. Oh, they're um, attracted to impractic- impractically long nails, chewing some gum while reading a magazine. It's beautifully apathetic. And truthfully, that's the time when I feel the most hot. It's like when I have like my nails done and my hair yeah. is done and I'm just fucking reading a magazine because yeah. there's nothing that makes me happier. I mean, I can picture it and it is cute. But magazines, when was the last time you saw a magazine? I read magazines. We're in an iPad world. Magazines are are barely a pamphlet anymore. Print print magazines. You can't you can't beat a magazine, especially like on a, an airplane. You oh, can't beat yeah. a magazine. Yeah, I'll get and a that's exactly phone. where you like probably find someone hot briefly because yeah. you're like I'm stressed out. I'm traveling, and this person is just chomping on gum reading a magazine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see it. Now this one, this is a guy or a person that's just like trying to be cute. Being able to make a good Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Like what's like, how often are you going to encounter that? That's, that's, that means you're creeping on people at work. Acts of service. I mean, it sounds like they just want someone to like a personal assistant. The love languages. Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, This next one, this, Number six, I think is like, I could get behind this. My boyfriend will get out of the shower and drape the towel. He's just used over his head. So he's standing there completely naked, looking like the Virgin Mary with the towel flowing down. We have sex a lot after he showers. Well, that's, I mean, I feel like a lot of people would think that was hot. This is like such, this is so boring. This person is of absolute fucking virgin. This person is a virgin. 
This person has never yes. had sex and they've yes. definitely never been in a relationship. That's fair. This is um, something that they saw in a movie Mo- or they shades of gray, 50 shades of gray. Yeah. Um, or worse. Uh, and by the way, the worst yeah, thing is that I worse. do think yeah. this is a woman who is writing this of, about her own perceived fantasy when in reality she'll grow up in like three years and realize how fucking mortifying it is that this is what she chose to lie about on yeah. Reddit. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Can I true. say that as someone who has so many like dumb, dumb opinions like published on the internet? Like, Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I'm excited for her future. All right. Um, I think a lot of these people are lying. Okay, this is interesting. The standard black old school vans on girls, especially if they're sitting cross-legged. OMG. I'm not super into feet, but I find flat shoes like vans and converse super attractive. Bonus bonus points if the pants are cuffed. And this is written by PM me your ankle. Um I mean I think it is cute. It's not like I, uh, I think he's on to something here, but it's not something to like freak out and get super sexed up about. It's cute. That's a cute look for girls. No, no socks. He's a, he's a foot fetish guy. He's, he's asking for people to DM his, him, his, their ankles. You th- oh, oh, he's an ankle that's fetish his, guy. That's what his username is. PM me my ankles. Oh, PM well, me your yes. ankles. So a, an ankle fetish guy is disgusting. He's a freak. He needs to be watched. He should be put on a list. Like a foot fetish guy is, they're their own kind of thing. But the ankle fetish... So, okay, this brings me to the one I want to read you next, which I... This is why... I, I was like, I have to pull this and ask Brian about it because I just have so many questions. And this isn't the only person. Your son's, your your son, your daughter's idol, James Charles, uh, has this fetish as well. I think she's off James Charles, by the way, but yes, go on. Duty McWiener writes, (laughs) armpits, like when a girl lifts her arms above her head, love that shit. No idea why. What's up with the armpit? I don't know. I have no idea. Like that's. You've never also, caught this around the internet. Like you've never caught no, wind from one of your friends no, being like. No. There's not like a porn. Like you've never seen like a porn where that's like in, in it. I definitely have not. Is it maybe. Well, cause this guy's saying he likes it when a girl lifts her arms above her head. I was going to say maybe it's a pheromone thing because that's like you know, where people's body odors are, you know, like that, that I could see where you're like really like feeling the person and you really get their scent from the armpits, but but that's not what he's saying. This is, this guy's a caveman. If that's, if this is like the level he operates on, where he's like, I don't know, I just think it's really hot. And his brain's like, his brain has to trick him that hard into doing something reasonable. He's that's half caveman. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm not mad about that though. That's it's primal. Like, that's more real than than the the guy that's really into house plants. Chicks with plants are just very hot to me. What? Right. Wait, Everybody can has I at least a couple though, plants. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman, who I think is a fantastic actress and who I generally think is incredible. Yeah. Said something great. in a magazine once that was so unlikable that. Oh, tell me, I love this shit. Okay, it's wild. Ready. Yeah. She said in an interview, and you get this is a total trust me, bro. You're gonna have to go to Google and find this yourself. 
she said that she has tiny earlobes, which, as she understands it, is a sign that she's more evolved. Which is something that I say the way that I tell you don't tell people that you think you're an empath, like, because people think you're fucking crazy. Like, that's one of the, you can't tell people, like, oh, I'm, like, a shade above other humans. Like, I came out slightly, I'm kind of, like, on that 2.2 shit, you know? Like, I'm not 3.0, but I'm a little bit better than you guys. All I remember from college anthropology, like the, you know, like the, GE level anthropology, anthropology one is that attached versus detached lobes is a dominant genetic trait. So if one, if, and I'm probably, somebody's listening is going to tell me I'm an idiot. Look, I didn't do well in college. That if you, if one parent has either attached or detached lobes, that's, that's the thing the kid's going to have. You can't, there's like no choice about it. Like that's, it's just going to be the thing that you have. I don't know if that you can like size lobes. Like it's, it depends on the size of your ear. If you got a big Who ear, knows? you're going to have a big lobe. Celebrities are, are fucking pathological and liars. And they're um, obsessed with themselves. Yeah, it's um this, this thing I saw on TikTok too. Again, another trust me, bro. You're going to have to look this one up. Um, apparently Paula Abdul has been lying about a plane crash that she was in for the last like 25 years and, um, like sort of a regular feature on TikTok. Uh, this guy, the guy, uh, who created the show Phineas and Ferb, I'm so sorry for not knowing his name right now. I'll, I'll link his TikTok in the description. He commented on the clip, something like, um, this actually used to happen a lot. Like celebrities used to make up stories for PR interviews. And for some reason she's kept this one going. And I think it's because like once every few years it gets dug up and then she finds herself once again on the spot talking about this plane crash that she wasn't, she was like on the record for not being in the same country as when it happened. (sighs) This is like the dude from the league, the the comics, Steve is easy. Yeah, but like so much less malicious. Totally. Where he like kind of told a story offhand and it kept getting brought back up and he felt like he had to stick to it, that he was at Ground Zero or he was adjacent to Ground Zero during Mm 9-11 and he wasn't. But but Paul Abdul, I would say this this could be like a drug haze. Like this could be something she could really believe this. She could have talked herself into it. You know how this week. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely something that like the even the person who made the TikTok said, like floating the theory, like, is she just forced to keep up with this lie or does she, has she actually started to believe it? Um, I No, she I definitely believes it. Like, like, OJ. Can I point like, out one difference, yeah. though, between her and the and the guy from from who faked 9-11 or whatever? Steve okay. is easy. He looks a yes. lot like my friend Andy. Yeah. So. The difference between that is that I do think that the very beginnings and a lot of the opportunities that this guy probably got totally came with at least some aspect of goodwill because of the whole 9-11 thing. Yeah. He, like, yes. he made it up so he would have something to talk about at first. And then he started to feel like, oh, you know, and he only he only admitted it once he was caught. 
So right. Paula Abdul coming up with like a slightly interesting story so that she doesn't have to tell the press about her breakup with John Stamos. Like, during, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is so much less harmful to me. And very I'm very fascinated by the 9-11 liars. No, I like that shit, too, where people are like stolen valor. Have you ever seen oh, those yeah. videos where guys will show up in like full uniform to a, a, a veteran funeral and other veterans will like quiz them about like where they served, what regiment, like obviously I wasn't in the military, but what platoon they were in at what time, what bases they trained at. And th these guys will have to like learn this stuff just for what, like, what do they get out of it? That they can wear a uniform that can, they can cosplay at funerals. No, I do think, I do think like there's some sort of like actual mental thing that's going on yeah. there. Like yeah. they very much are, are not capable of it, but it's something that they value so much yeah. And it's just so, and, I mean, it's obviously also a great like place to hide if you're like a psychopath or something, right? Like, um, yeah. I think for the most part, when you tell people they're a veteran, they're not going to like have to quiz you like crazy. They don't question. Yeah. What, they don't so question what's you. the impulse with showing up to the funeral? Is it like, I just want to, is it like how serial killers go back to their place? Like, are they just I, looking for some action? I have no idea. I think they just want to be, it not, it's not necessarily funerals, but it's like, veteran events like anything right. military adjacent that they can show up to they will and it's just like so insane because they have to study this stuff they have to like learn about it and they have to know like what their medals mean and like it's so weird to me uh the, it's hold on, such a dangerous area to tread in and also for like yeah. what because like it's for not what? like they're getting benefits or anything no. like it's you're dealing with like you're going up against military families like there's generations yes. of people who were stationed at this place or that place it's the probably one of the more difficult lies to pull off which is probably what makes it so enticing to people right yeah they're, they're just they want to get involved in in the danger of it um yeah, this one's, like the this next one, stop is murder this one's crazy we, yeah. oh okay Okay, we can move on. When guys are reversing the car and they put one hand, your right hand, on the back of the passenger seat to look back better, it makes me vulnerable. That's the only way you reverse. No, you have that, to do that is hot, though. That is hot. No, if the guy is hot, though, it's hot when he does that. That's, I, I mean, I specifically, my dad taught me how to drive, and I specifically remember he's like, okay, you know, I was driving a stick shift. He's like, everyone okay, does that. Put it in reverse. And he goes, and then you got to put your arm on the back of the seat. When you look back, I, th I thought that was just the rules of how to reverse. It is. It is the rules on how to drive, but it's like, it's one of those things that when someone is sexy and they do it, it makes it hot. Whereas it's like an everyday, like, you know, when a hot guy opens a jar. Okay. Yeah. I don't find that particularly attractive, but there's definitely but women who will like comically flop sweat. Uh, about that. And that's why it's a bit about, you know, with cougars on TV. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. This is actually one of the real things in real life that's low key. Like, oh, that is really hot. And it's it's like the most uh, subtle thing, everyday thing. But like truly, if someone's shining to you, they're shining in that moment for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you like them, then they do. Then you like the little things they do that might just be regular things. But it's or, hot when they do it. It can take you by surprise. Like, let's say we take a trip down memory lane and your friend's brother is driving you to a party and uh -oh. you're sitting in the back seat where he turns and looks around when he. And so for a brief second, 
you're like seeing him concentrate. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's like 18. Like he's, he's cute. And yeah. like, I can't like, oh, I never saw him like that. Like that's, that's yeah. probably who your audience is who wrote that. Good point. That's a good point. Um, All right. So Quentin Tarantino has been in the news lately. I guess he wrote a book or something. Oh no, he did. Um, he wrote a book of the, what's that movie he just did? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so he's been doing media press for the book. And he was doing some press this week, Malls. And apparently he allowed that he does not support his mother financially. Yeah. So he was on a podcast called The Moment. Uh, and he told a story about how when he was a kid, he would get in trouble for writing scripts in class. And his mom would side with the teachers. And she said something to him to the effect of like, you know, your stories are never, you know, this little writing career uh, with the finger quotes and everything, this little writing career that you're doing, this shit is over. That's what uh, his mom said. Finger quotes. And so he says, when she said that to me in that sarcastic way, I go, okay, lady, when I become a successful writer, you will never see a penny from one of my successes. There will be no house for you. There's no vacation for you. No Elvis Cadillac for mommy. You get nothing because you said that. Ooh, that is so twisted. That's fucked. That's fucked. And then he goes on to say, like, you know, did you ever, did you ever help him out even, even in like an emergency? And he goes, yeah, I helped her out with it in a jam. Sorry. I helped her out with a jam with the IRS, he admitted, but no house, no Cadillac, no house. I started watching the Val Kilmer documentary it's pretty good i would suggest anybody watch it's on prime i think i haven't finished it yet but he talks about when he started working his dad was like a sort of like a kind of wealthy guy like he'd done well but he had big ambitions and he was like low on cash and he had he wanted to do this big deal and he hit up val kilmer to co-sign the loans on this big land deal. He was going to develop a bunch of land where, where they grew up in like Chatsworth, the Valley mm-hmm. and Val Kilmer, you could tell like, didn't want to do it, but he's like, I wanted to help my dad. You know, it was my dad and his, he co-signed all these loans. And then his dad used his name on a bunch of shell companies to like dodge taxes. Ugh. And then Disgusting. it came, and then when the bills came due, Val Kilmer's like, I had two choices to sue my dad or to write a check. And he's like, I wrote a check and then I went back to work. Just Mm -hmm. imagine being put in that position. Now this isn't the same thing, you know, like look moms, they want you to do, they want you to be a doctor or go to college. They don't realize that people can be anything they want to be there. And especially in the seventies, like no one said, Hey, follow your dreams. You know what they said in the seventies? Go to fucking trade school. Learn mm-hmm. to, learn to weld. You know, they didn't, they, it just like, yeah, she wasn't too encouraging. She was a single mom, whatever. I don't, it's, it's kind of weird that he's like held this against her so long. I feel like there's more it to does this, right? It seem like he is like taking some sort of delight in it. Um, yes. that is the thing that is, that, um, him. he seems like still very proud of this decision. 
And um, he isn't by no means obligated to provide no. for his mother. Um, no. You know, like while while parents are responsible legally to provide their children with basic sure. necessities, like children are not responsible to their parents in the same way, especially not simply because this child has made it, you know, big, especially, you know, if you're being cut off and nine times out of 10, if you're being cut off, it's like there's a reason why. Um I do. Th- did you think it was interesting the Dr. Dre thing that was going around this week? By the way, oh, I don't think I saw that. So Dr. Dre has a 38 year old daughter uh, that he um, he never raised her. Uh, I think like sh- you know um, she was a little bit older maybe when they met, right? Um, but she is now like living in her car with her two kids, and her dad is you know Dr. Dre has completely cut her off, which is you know I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot difficult for a lot of people to understand because he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's um, rich. And there's two sides. There's t- two sides to it, right? Like a lot of people were saying, like she's 38 years old. Get a fucking life, loser. Like what the hell? Like why do you? Why do you? Does your dad owe you a life just because he's Dr. Dre? At the same time, uh, if I had a billion dollars, I I would not let one of my relatives be living in no. a car with my grandchildren. No. You know, no. even if the if the situation was dire, like if there was something wrong with my 38 year old daughter and she needed to go to rehab, yeah. like, you know, he's in a position to set up those two grandkids. You know what there, I mean? There is a point where enabling comes into play where you do mm-hmm. have to you have to accelerate the bottom for people. And maybe maybe that they're at that place. I don't know the story, but I, I side with you. Like it always seems so easy, even for Quentin Tarantino. He's so rich. He clearly hates his mother, but, you know, he could buy her a condo for half a million dollars and just be done with it, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't think he hated his mom. Oh, no, I I agree with you. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I I don't think he probably realizes that, but it's it's clear to me that he's harboring these comments. He even remembers the air quotes, finger quotes that she did. When he was writing screenplays in class as a kid, look, you, hey, look, you're a shitty student. She wanted you to do better. She wanted you to be better in school. Most people don't achieve that kind of success. Should she have encouraged you to follow your dreams? Yes. Did people do that back then? No. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Like right. asking myself questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I... um. I feel like this is a, sometimes the area where it's like sometimes therapists get into the hands of like people who are just dying to take their advice very literally. And I feel like a, a therapist probably told him at one point, um, you know, you don't owe your parents anything and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. And he just was yeah. like, that's what I needed to hear. Yeah. You know, and yeah. whereas like I feel like most therapists have to say that because someone has been like hemming and hawing and beating themselves up um, because yeah. they feel so guilty about making a, a proper boundary. It's very interesting. You got um, you got to let that stuff go. You got You have to free yourself of that because as much as he's not doing anything for his mom, his mom's fucking camped out in his brain. Clearly that he's talking about it on podcasts. Like he still thinks about it to this day. Let it go. That's I mean, all. I'm sure he was asked about it. I'm, sure. I don't think this was like out of nowhere. Um, but the confidence with which this BuzzFeed article makes it seem that he showed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it seems like, all right, um, yeah. you're a little too you have a little bit too much of a dildo shamer for this one. OK, <clears throat> so. Yeah. Uh, a piece came out today. We've talked about. Trisha Paytas before. Trisha Paytas uses they, them pronouns now. Yes. Um, yes. Although there are some exceptions. Um, her family, can, her fiance. Right. Right. And it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I have possibly like the hottest take I've ever had and I hate it because I think that it's actually only really true about two people and literally no one else. Okay. But Trisha as well as this creator, uh, Chris Chan, who I think I've only started to begin to start to understand. Um, Chris Chan is now a, uh, a woman that they have transitioned, but she has transitioned, but she prefers that when you talk about Chris Chan pre-transition, that you use he, him pronouns. And, I would say that for in in all cases, always gender identity should always be respected, and what someone tells you should always be the case. And furthermore, you shouldn't speculate on whether or not their gender is is true. I will say that yes. with with Trish, and it seems like Chris Chan, I will say that I have noticed that any time uh, criticism of Trish's raised, whether it be, you know, in favor of Trish or in favor of whoever she's beefing with at that moment. Oh, he, they are, sorry. They are beefing with at sure. that moment. Um, the, the comments are always flooded with 
don't misgender Trish, don't misgender Trish. They use they, them pronouns. They use they, them pronouns. And I think that once they started to, because at first their pronouns were she, they, and they were fine with interchanging them frequently in conversation. Um, And then it became, but I do prefer they, but certain people call me she in my real life, which is not unheard of. I mean, we know uh, Caitlyn Jenner, um, the the kids still call, you know, her pre-transition Caitlyn Bruce, you know, and her dad. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, um, I do have to wonder sometimes if people, if not people, sorry, if someone like Trish, if Trish, not someone, if Trish and maybe this Chris Chan person are making it so difficult to talk about them because they're they're basically exploiting the goodwill from the community of allies and LGBTQIA people um, off the goodwill people have for non-binary people. That's interesting. I had not thought about that before. It, yeah. it's, it seems to me like the LGBTQ community would be the first ones to call that out. Or is that just, is that just uh, a I, no I go think, zone? I think some, I think I've seen some opinions expressed that way from people who are in the community and said like, Hey, you know, as a trans person myself, I feel really uncomfortable even broaching this situation, but yeah. I honestly think that you know, Trisha, and I've seen this about Trisha and Chris, just trying to understand Chris, who's apparently the most documented person ever on the internet. So, like, that's probably going to come into play at some point. What? Oh, because he got arrested for raping his mom. Long story short. uh, I know. It's insane. That's a lot. I've been trying to figure out, trying to figure out what's going on with that story. And in that, I've also been, obviously, continuing to track Trish because they are one of my favorite internet creators. Um, and just like a personality that I can't turn away from, um, you know, for better or worse, uh, I get, I get the essence of it all. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think that, I think that I've seen some people say that, but no, like as, as, if you are in the LGBTQIA community, you want to validate people who identify as being in your community. And Trish has come out as non-binary, um, and pansexual, I believe. And for, for a um, while she was been, also a trans man. Right. And so mm-hmm. because of because of their spotty track record and also the way that this sort of ties up in a little neat narrative, what yeah. could be confused as what could be assumed to be genuine. When someone says to you, Oh, I was having a gender identity crisis for two years, you can't say, No, you weren't. You right. just can't say that. And I can't, it's not my place, but do I, do I really think that some of this started as Trish, uh, doing long play trolls and maybe sort of like overlooking into things? Like I do, I do, especially if, uh, you know, ultimately they are so, you know, whatever with the pronouns, the fam, their family uses, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, I get it. I, um, I, so you introduced me to Trisha uh-huh. and you know me, I, I'm a dinosaur. Like I hate every internet person. I hate 
the way the ring light reflects in their eyes. I hate the hey guys of it. I hate that it's all idiocracy. I hate the fucking word vlog. I just hate it. I hate it. It's so fucking mindless. It's so empty. I fucking hate all of it. I hate that, that kids makes watch. You sound really like judgmental. Just so you know. Okay. Because like that's not. It's not. There's no such thing as all of it. There's not. There's okay. you can't. Not everyone can be all of that. It seems like what you are familiar with. Sure. But like what I I've feel seen. like I, I, there would be someone that you would watch vlog if you found the content that you liked. Probably. What you're right. I'm not. I'm obviously not immersed in the YouTube culture. The TikTok people. I, I mean, some of the stuff that I watch that I see on my favorite Instagram account, Horny for Bitcoin, is very funny right. to me. Thank you. But you introduced me to Trisha Paytas, and immediately I was like, oh, I don't, I can't watch this. And every time I watch her, she ha- she has it. She's she has day, a charisma. Day, 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 day. Oh, I'm sorry. They have it. Yeah. They they do something that is compelling every time they create. It's it's you can't teach that. And to me, this person seems very earnest and real. And in this article, this the this woman that wrote the article about Trisha is a full-on hater. But no, this- I don't think so. I think she oh, I genuinely do. was a fan when she, I think she was probably, I think that honestly what happened is, is she was probably that, that proper mix of like confused, intrigued, titillated and repulsed by Trisha that like most people live at. But she says in the article that she watched Trisha when, when she was 16 years old. And so this whole experience was a little bit of a neck breaker for her. Um, but she, uh, she wound up getting basically the full Trish experience. Yeah. I mean, just as I read it, like everything's a reference to how much money she makes, how much money she spends, how much, how wasteful she is with money. Like it's, it's, every single paragraph has like sort of like a neg about her earnings, which are fucking like, make as much but money as you want. Good way, for you. And like, spend as much money as you Trish want. Trish leads with like, you sure. cannot have a YouTube page where you have like $250,000 luxury unboxing hauls, like yeah. multiple times a month and videos called like what I make on OnlyFans and making my music video today and fighting with Ethan over frenemies money. And like so much of Trish's content is about her consumption. And so it's, yes. And she also is, I I think the type two, she's, I think a big reason why Trish is so into cosplay. And I've always said this is that she likes to create a diversion around herself so that if she comes into a room dressed as Beetlejuice, no one's thinking about like Trisha, the person they're thinking like, who the fuck is this person dressed like Beetlejuice, you know? So she's like, here's my Birkins. Here's my cups. Here's my crazy, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. So you don't have to get the, to get to know the real person. And obviously, you know, her much better than I do. But when the, when the writer compares or she compares herself to Andy Kaufman, 
I think it's the opposite. Andy Kaufman was somebody that no one knew the real person. And when I watch Trisha, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at the real person. I, when they are cosplaying as a subway or a, a Domino's employee, like, I feel like that's what they're really into. I don't feel like they're doing it for the views. And I think that's no, why she's no, gained no, no, such no, a no. following. <clears throat> but you have to realize that, okay, so once you're in like the Trish world, and this is the part that's like a little bit exhausting for me, like as an old school Trish fan, and I know this is like the most obnoxious thing that's ever been said, but like I'm watching Gen Z live through their first Trish heartbreak and it's like dude <laughs> welcome to the party okay like you in like five six years from now you'll see that this happens like the world will burn down they'll build it back up like there will be sparks there will be like all sorts of explosion and destruction and like it just it's 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 a cycle with with them and um most notably, like the longer you get to watch her, you can kind of see like her when her manic cycles happen. She has like tells that anyone who watches Trisha long enough, you know, oh, that like things are about to go downhill. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what that's what keeps people interested, right? So, this writer, uh, I sought. Sachi, Saki. I know it's hard to pronounce. I don't. I'm, I'm so sorry. Of course, you will be. Scotchy or Sachi, Sachi. I would say cool. So she gets this assignment, and she seems to be just a beat writer at BuzzFeed. And she had this great day at Trisha's house. Got to talk to Moses. Started to cobble together a piece. You know, got to speak to her mom. It seems like a lot of that stuff happened first. Now. Before this story went to print, this writer published a, another piece, which I believe like the internet widely regarded to be some sort of like PR driven piece for mm -hmm. this creator named Gabby Hanna, right. who is like a YouTuber who does like music and is involved in all sorts of drama. And, um, they she wrote this piece about Gabby Hanna and Gabby talked a lot about Trish in it because Gabby loves to have Trish's name in her mouth recently. This is her new party trick. Well, so, I mean, it makes it makes sense if you want to get views. You you got to be look. I couldn't get that beef going with Yashar. I try. I offered to box him. I was trolling him. Like that would be fun for me to get us like in, Gabby, to beef with someone well known. Gabby like went around like and told. Trish's ex-boyfriend that Trish had herpes, um, which is not true. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's like, you know, she was like, she's, she's like that kind of girl that like, that like makes really shitty digs, but like, that's low key her way of saying that she likes you. Like any girl you like, she'll, she'll make fun of her. She'll find a reason to like, you know, make fun of the way she dresses or her laugh. And like, she'll, you know, like she's a hater. A hater, but also a narcissist type, you know, and also very obsessed with like, um, she is like a chronic version of that Spider-Man meme when they're like pointing back and forth at each other. Like oh, she's yeah, yeah. always accusing people yeah. of things where it's like, dude, girl. Um, so 
when this article comes out, Trisha loses it because her piece has not gone up yet. And she does not want this writer. She basically said, you know, what I think Trish, where I think she maybe mistook her influence was that she could somehow have herself omitted from Gabby Hanna's piece when in reality they're both public public figures and it is in BuzzFeed's uh, best interest to publish gossip like that. For sure. Gets views. Gets clicks. So Trish starts to like go off. All right. And the writer at this point, and you can tell, I think, I think the hater thing, if more of this had been written before this started to unfold, um, I think she probably was going to kill this piece until frenemies got killed. If I'm being honest with you. Sure. Um, and then she sort of revived it, but basically her Trisha's fans have been completely attacking her for months now. She had to like close off her Instagram. Yeah. She had to, um, you know, she became a part of her story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is that, but is that Trisha's fault that they comment on a, you know, they tweet at a writer that they didn't like the piece that they wrote. And just because they have a massive, massive following, those people respond in kind. Did, is there a responsibility there where you're like, hey, even though I don't like this thing, because so many people follow me, I shouldn't say anything about it or I should just say it privately? So here's where it's like crazy. And this is where it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't, who fucking knows, chicken egg sort of situation because this is still going on in the comments on this piece right now. So the, you know, when you're Trish and you are commenting on anything publicly, if you're adding someone, whether it be in a reply or anything, especially if it has to do with something um, that everyone's watching because they either love you or they hate that person. So let's say all of the people who fucking hate Gabby Hanna are waiting for Trish's reaction. Right. And of course, Trish's reaction is because Gabby Hanna, uh, you know, there's, I don't even want to get into whether or not there's sufficient evidence of this, but there appears to be a lot of evidence that Gabby continued to maintain a friendship with um, her friend's rapist. Uh, But then more than that also um, has continued to bring up this situation with her friend and her friend's rapist over and over and over again, maybe like two to three times a year for the last four years. Um, It's like Gabby's greatest hit whenever something starts to go wrong or she wants attention or channels not getting views. She brings up this poor woman, her who's pregnant now, her rape trauma. Right. And so Trisha basically writes to this writer. I believe if I, if I, if I, understand essentially Trisha was like I don't want you're like you know I don't want to talk to you I don't want you publishing my piece I asked you to keep me out of this you know I don't I can't believe you'd write uh an interview you do an interview with a rape apologist like what is wrong with you what's wrong with BuzzFeed so Trisha had like turned her back against this reporter and BuzzFeed here's the thing this I think a lot of like I think there there might be some people who read this and think that this is a unique situation that happened with this reporter and Trisha. No, 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 no. This story could have been written probably eight, nine, ten years ago. 
by so many people. This story could have been written because Trisha is, Trisha deals with borderline personality disorder. She's dealt with drug addiction over the years. She's sort of still working out a lot of her mental health issues. And that's written about in this article. Trisha has, um, you know, she's been unstable. It's not like, oh, this it's so crazy. It's not like uh, this is almost famous and this rookie reporter wound right. up in some crazy situation. Oh, you um, interviewed Trisha Paytas about someone that's like very toxic and triggering her uh, in a public forum and she lashed out at you. That's a dime a dozen story. Um, so I, w- I want that to be clear. Like she was... In a way, this is a very good version of a story a thousand people probably have, but this is definitely not unique. And what and the outcome of this should be the expectation, where you're like, if I do if I do this feature on Trisha Paytas, they could it could it could come out bad for me afterwards because they have such a big following. Well, this is and the type of thing yeah. that I really would caution anyone who thinks like. Oh, like, you know, certain rumors must be overblown or, um, you know, I feel like it would be different if it was me. Like people can delude themselves. You know what I mean? And I am, I I really want to caution everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're not, you're not special. Like this opportunity obviously seemed too good to be true. Like you really thought you were going to go to Trisha Paytas's mansion and talk to Moses and spend a day in her closet and tell her you were writing this piece about her and then not mention that like, oh, it's your job as a staff features writer to talk to all types of YouTubers. And one of them may include your mortal enemy before this goes to print. Like I would there to me, it seems like there was some sort of either uh, expectation misjudgment from this writer or or something but i really would caution that to anyone who like wants to come to hollywood don't be the person that's surprised when like the worst hollywood story you've ever heard happens to you but we i mean i don't know it's it's a hard place to be because it's not up to her to tell all her subjects that she's interviewing what other interviews she's doing like all of these she doesn't have to tell her that but um, the, like, obviously like <laughs> then like, or like go, or go in more hardened and realize that Trisha yeah. might flip out on you. Yeah. No, that like, I, that I get. Yeah. Like you have to, if, if you go into a situation with Trisha Paytas and you don't expect that there's like a 90% chance that you'll get canceled in the process of it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. It felt, it felt like she had, it felt like she had a certain expectation and that expectation wasn't met. And then on the backside of that afterward, something even worse happened. And just the way I read it, I just, and I'm not like a super Trisha Paytas fan. I do like when I see their stuff or hear them on a, on a podcast, but I wasn't like so ready to defend her, but I just, I, the way this thing reads, I just felt like she had such an agenda against this person, her interview subject. No, and, and listen, I I agree. That's why I definitely think that it's very obvious that the real writing of this piece happened after the writer felt that they had reached some sort of logical conclusion, which was the story was probably killed. Yeah. Um, 
And it was Frenemies ending that gave the writer another chance to sort of round this out because Trisha was not offering any more comment. Uh, Ethan had refused comment. Um, I don't, you know, Gabby, I don't think was like questioned for it or anything. She had already sort of said her piece with Buzzfeed. Um, so I think that, that this story was probably killed, um, because the writer didn't know where to take it, but then was able to center herself as having had this experience of being canceled by Trisha. Oh, that makes sense. So yeah. That gets it a different it like, angle. You, you, yeah. you make a really good point right there. Yeah. It, it cause it c- could be nothing. It could be just a whatever, who cares piece. But if you come at it from the angle of here's what I tried to do, here's what ended up happening to me, it's much more interesting. Yeah, because she even references um, the New Yorker magazine or the New, yeah, the New York magazine piece yep. that came out about her earlier this year. Um, she references that. And I don't think an editor would have sent her out unless for to get the same story. You know what I mean? We already yeah. kind of know where Trish is. Why would BuzzFeed send out a photographer to do like a lesser story? Right. Seen um, it before. Yeah. The intention was probably to go and to keep building and do like a whole proper profile. But this this happened instead. And this is how the writer was able to salvage it. I mean, listen, as I said, this is a story that a million people probably have. And this writer figured out a way to do a little redemption. Good for her. Uh, sure. But it's also like. I mean, I wouldn't say this is punching down, and I certainly don't think that she probably feels that way. It seems like she was very upset by what happened because of all of this, um, and that was a youthful lesson for her. I think early in her career, sure. that's a very important lesson she learned, right? Yeah, um, but yes, because I just see, like, I don't know. Like, if I were the editor, when she calls – so Trisha and Ethan Klein – they had a successful podcast for enemies and it broke up and they, they kind of go through the reasons that it broke up. But she says something like, according to the online chatter, Klein emerged the victor. Like how do you even weigh that? Like how do you even, because, who's to uh, say? Because like the popular opinion, it seemed like even um, a lot of Trish's, I mean, I will say as a big Trish fan, I mean, it was really fucking unfortunate. I do think also I see where Ethan was. I see where I can pinpoint the moments where you can see Trish like starting to disassociate and you're like, she's not hearing you, dude. Like, and you know, Ethan, Ethan can be a little bit like of an obnoxious brother type too, but however, he's also was very, very accommodating of Trish and accommodating of her moods you know what i mean and his team really executed a very professional show for them um but i would say that universally yes like trish was judged to be wrong people couldn't understand why she okay. couldn't let go of this five percent yeah but it, it was obviously so much more than five percent and sure. frankly you know i gotta i want to say this i'm gonna say this is a little like too deep for probably your average trend lately listener I am a huge Ela Kleiner. Uh, yes. I've been an Ela Kleiner. That's a that's a fan. If you're a fan of Ela Klein and Ethan Klein, I love them both. I love H3. I'm gonna say I think it is very fucking sus that Moses banged Trisha behind his uh, brother-in-law and sister's back, knowing that they were in a contentious relationship. Oh, really? I think it is very fucking weird that they are moved in or getting married. All of this stuff. But what I think is the most weird is that Moses lives with Trisha and loves Trisha and Trisha is fighting so much with his family. And I'm like, where does Moses fall in in all of this? Because everyone always treats him 
like, oh, like he's like, you know, he's so gentle. Like he thinks he's water. That's Moses's thing is he, he like he thinks he's he says, you know, we're all water. I'm water. Oh, channel water. Deal. No, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that. So, can't you know, they look that. at him and they're like, oh, he's water, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, dude, he is definitely at home letting her letting her, them spin the fuck out about whatever it is yeah. probably fueling to the fire probably with some sort of secret agenda or resentment in mind it's to me it's very strange that moses um not allows this but in my opinion probably seemingly fosters this environment it seems like a lot of the um from the very beginning of the podcast it seems like a lot of the uh the stuff that's going on there is um it comes down to like what what the fuck are you and moses talking about trish something i question as a total neophyte and just somebody that's not versed in any of this stuff a ne a neopet that too yes also what's a, a neo what's a neophyte i don't know i th maybe i used it wrong somebody that's just not new to this conversation oh new to earth also that yes i'm new to new to many things when because this article references so much about how much money she makes and how much things cost and like her ring and he's designing their furniture. I'm sure the guy makes a great living. He, he has a water museum in a, uh, an abandoned Koreatown apartment. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I think right? like maybe he, right? maybe he invests in real estate or something, but like, but she makes so much money. money. No, no one could be on her level. He, no, he does. He, she, she, uh, you know, she, I think that he actually brings a lot of money to the table. And I think that there maybe is some sort of family money involved. I know Ethan and Ela were very like, you know, they really were scrapping. And I'm sure there was no sort of familial support when you're telling your father, you know, who's in Israel, hey, I'm I'm moving to New York with my boyfriend to do comedy. I feel like that probably isn't gonna get like the, you know, here's a here's a hundred thousand dollars to get your dream off the ground type right, thing. Right. I do I do wonder if there's from some sort of family money because I don't even know where Moses would he is a little older. He's like in his forties, but like I don't know where he would have even gotten the capital That's to come saying. to America to come to America and to just start buying up real estate. Like 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 well. I mean, is Ethan like, and Ela, the Israeli are... Steve Jobs. Like, what's going on? Well, Ethan and Ela like built their empire like through. They lived like are also. They were before. They've gotten very splashy the last like two years, but they were very like. I was always looking at their house and YouTube videos, being like, Jesus Christ, get an end chair. You know well, what I mean? But yeah, but now they're probably richer than Trisha Paytas. Like they they could fund. They live in a $10 million house. Yeah, yeah right. like, they, they, they could fund Moses's dreams, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I, I think, no, I no, don't. They're no Quentin Tarantino's. I, no, I think, I think it's much more nefarious, dude. I think that Moses is not with Trish for the money. I think that Moses has his own money and he's, he likes fucking, he's the black sheep. He likes fucking with his sister. It's yeah. something about that, this. Yes, this there's something, something to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it has to be to me because yeah. like this, it's so much. I mean, it's so much. Like, not as not only is Trisha facing so many public accusations of like being anti-Semitic, but she also is facing public allegations of uh, abusing Moses, beating the shit out of him. Really? Make it, yeah. 
Yeah, she had like admitted to it. I guess he had like, and she, they, but she had sort of like, I don't know. It's not clear. I'm not downplaying it. It seemed like this is something that they don't talk about or think about all the time anymore, but that's something that people who do not like Trisha are ready to put, have in their arsenal um, and sort of like past displays of violent or irrational behavior. Like when she drove her car into Jason's house on meth. Right. But like, you know, we listen, I love my blonde, my tragic blondes. I do. I love my For tragic sure. blondes. So when you tell me Trisha Paytas drove her house into or drove her car, drove their car into Jason Nash's house high on meth, I think, wow, that's so fucking iconic. Like next no, it's level. Amazing. It's amazing. Go, also, Jason Nash has a house. It was rented. It was a rented. Oh, I think he does right. actually own a house yes. now, but it was yes. a rented house yes. with um 20-year-old roommates or something. But listen, so yes. yeah. I uh <laughs> I I do love I do love my Trish. Uh and also again, I I want to reiterate, I never think it's okay to if someone tells you this is my pronoun, please re- you know, please respect it, please refer to me by this. You don't even have to say please respect it. If someone says please please refer to me as this pronoun, no problem. As you can see, Brian and I just tried our fucking best. Uh, it, it's something that, uh, you know, that I, I make an effort to do. And I would never, I would never say that, honestly, I really can only think of two individuals that I would ever question or not there was any, like, whether or not there was full sincerity and honesty behind what they were doing when it came to this. And they both happen to be people who it would benefit and to make it more complicated to speak about them. By sure. constantly updating and changing, and it's it, and also relying on that internet system of checks and balances to cancel out anything that could be created in an echo chamber, because that is the main thing I've noticed. With um, I've seen so many people make very great points and then misgender either person. Just these two creators, no one else in the world I've ever seen or felt this way or thought this about. And the whole point is just railroaded by people being like, wrong, you know, you wrong pronoun, wrong pronoun, wrong pronoun. And I can't help but think, God, if I was Trish and I wanted people yeah. to not let the point about me get to the top, I would always make sure I would do anything I could to confuse a situation. Because it keeps the it keeps the attention off of them, like in a way. So she's like crazy, like a fox, or is she just crazy? They are, or, yeah. Or she, or she, or, God, I'm so sorry. It's, that's not intentional. My and bad. That's, and again, and it's not yeah. to show any sort of flippancy yes. towards pronouns in yeah. any way, like truly. And I wouldn't. And I'm even like so. I feel like nervous about even making that point, but I do feel like because it's something that. Um, is so serious and deserves to be respected. I don't Absolutely. think this should be like an open dialogue, but I sure. I do wonder, does anyone else feel that way? That that's that this might be Trisha's newest uh newest way of of in, in engaging people. She just she just keeps flipping it up. It's like always gonna be different. And right. I just I mean, you know so much more about her than I do. I but from what I've seen, I sh- I just don't get a calculated vibe about them. Like, see, that's that's the thing too is that I don't think she does it with malice either. Yeah, I think by the time they catch on to what other people are, they've moved on to the next thing. Yeah, or 
they're like, oh, I can build on that. If that's where they're going to go with it, I can yeah. build on that. Like, yeah. I think that there's someone who operates very much in the mode of not just having ideas, but more importantly, executing ideas. There's a there's a portion of uh, the BuzzFeed piece where they go through Trisha's list of future desires, things that they're looking forward to in life. And like, it's just beyond like the way it's written. Let me find the way it's written because I could, you can just hear. Okay. Uh, and the paragraph says, and yet it's still seemingly not enough. They dream big, mostly in the notes app on their phone and a tab called upcoming money where they list all the things they still want. Another Birkin, a golf cart, 4th of July party, a Halloween party. They said, these are all places to visit. Maldives, Israel, Italy, Switzerland, Prague, giraffes in Africa, Tokyo, Maui. Like, it's the most Trish thing totally. to, in a list of it, just say giraffes in Africa. Yeah. Like, it's per it's just beyond. Wow. Like, they're beyond. She's talking about that one hotel in Africa where there's, like, giraffes on the property. Probably. And you, you're, like, having breakfast in your hotel room and a giraffe will come poke its head through the window and like where else would Trisha Paytas have a honeymoon? Where else would she visit? Like, of course she's going to go to the fucking giraffe hotel. Yeah. He, I mean, they, yes. Sorry. They're having a wedding in Israel, wedding in LA and a wedding in Maui. Amazing. Uh, As they say, I'm only getting married once. So I thought I'd go all out. Well, actually three times. They're getting married three times. And I imagine more times in the future. It's a great read. I think this was like, honestly, we were really witnessing like a lesson that this writer learned. Um, And that was, that was, that's why I like this article a lot. This was interesting. Oh, don't expect, (laughs) you want to, you want to fuck with the bull? Yeah. You get the the horns. horns, You get the horns. She's a Taurus. She's a Taurus. Like me. All right. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Great app, Bri. Proud of you. Malls, let's get these people on the show. Let's. We don't have guests, but I would have a guest if it was Sachi Cool. Just because I know I'm mispronouncing her name, I would like her to correct me and tell me how to do it. Or, hey, fuck it. Like, let's get let's get Trisha Paytas on the show and get her side of the story. Literally after we just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like after we just said. <laughs> yeah. What? If you get involved in that, you have to be prepared to basically shut your internet down. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. You guys, we will talk to you next week. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, Matt Damon and Stillwater. I think who like who like wants to take on Trisha Paytas after reading that story? What's going on? I do. Who are you? I do. do. What? It's like, trust me, we'll get enough out of it. And we'll be very fair. Oh, of course. No, no. But like, we're not going to do that. Like, of course we are. Let's put it on you. That's your job to reach out and to book that. I'll I'll email her tonight. Audio after only. I edit the show. Make sure you specify audio only and do not mention. You can mention my name and last name, but do not speak for me and do I'm not, not speak say, about me. I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to say my name is Brian Beckner. I just read the BuzzFeed article. I would love a chance to speak to you. <laughs> if you are, yeah, that's uh, all right, all right. Well, what's your pitch? What's your pitch? Well, if you were me, how would you pitch it? If I were you, I would go to him and I would say this BuzzFeed writer is a fucking cunt and I want to right your wrongs. That's what I'll do. And then I'll do the opposite. Then I'll do the opposite to this Sachi cool woman. 
I'll do. Oh, I'll do, we're gonna do two sides. Yeah, I'll do. I'll flip the. I'll do. I'll do the same email. I'll just change the names. Well, listen, you you played in my playground when I uh, brought the KFC beef to the show. Let's so if you want to take it, if if this wants to be an independent Brian project to hey, present to the class, I'm I down. I got nothing to lose. All right, that's a good point. It's only, it's only a win for me. All right, Miles. Right, so fun. So much. Bye. Giving you the stories that you need to see, and you know the single TMZ is the place that you need. Thank you for listening to Trend Lightly a solid listen podcast. If you like the show, subscribe and leave us a review. You can find segments that didn't make it to air as well as ad-free versions of our episodes on patreon.com slash solid listen. Find us on Twitter and Instagram under trend lightly pod. Send us submissions and feedback at trend at gmail.com. And thank you to why not Johnsveld and Bradley Sona for our music. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.